Everybody, welcome to Throwing Wrenches. This is episode thirty-two, and I'm Eric Stahl, and I'm Daryl Scott, and this is the auto podcast that did not get one hundred million dollars to be on Spotify exclusively. Well, that's a relief because I was kind of worried maybe you did get a hundred mil, and I didn't know about it. No, no. I mean, we we help each other out here. We're partners, right? <laughs> uh, just so we get this out of the way, we got to pay for this show. Mm-hmm. Our sponsors, Daryl. Do you know who they are? Um, something, something, Toyota, something, something, Law Office. Yeah, yeah. Not that there's two. There's there's two, I think. We love our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Fort's Toyota Pekin. You can find them on the web at toyota-pekin.com. Fort's Toyota Pekin is a family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois. Toyota Pekin lives the Toyota lifestyle, beautiful, functional, and high-quality cars and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Visit them at www.toyota-pekin or stop by Fort's at 120 Radio City Drive as they are 15 minutes from anywhere in the Tri-County area. Also remember, during the COVID schedule, which isn't going to last much longer, I don't believe, uh, appointments need to be made to speak to a salesman. The service department is an open normal hour starting June 1st. So make sure you visit them at www.toyota-pekin.com. You can also check them out on Facebook. they got a pretty cool Facebook presence yeah, there. Yeah, so. full disclaimer, I do work at Fort's Toyota Pekin. What? I never knew. I know, but I want people, just in case, I sound like I'm a shill for Toyota. Disclosure. Full okay. disclosure. You're an honest guy. <laughs> also, I'd like to say thank you to our other sponsors, the Casey Law Office. They are on the web at clopeoria.com, still available to help you with whatever your legal needs might be. Uh, they're going to actually have uh, some announcements in the works coming up in uh, the next couple of months. So exciting. Yeah. So watch for some other business announcements in the Morton vicinity. Is that right, Eric? Yeah. I, yeah. I, Casey is in the process of moving to Morton, which is cool because he's a Morton guy. So he's going to live the Morton lifestyle. Are they Mortonites or are they Mortonish? Mortonistas. Morton- <laughs> I think we should start that. Hashtag Mortonistas. Mortonista. Ah, that's cool. But uh, congratulate uh, Gabe on all of his future endeavors, whatever they might be. Yes. But again, if you ever need some legal advice, check him out. CLOPeoria.com. If you want to sue somebody because of COVID, I heard he's your guy. Wow. All yeah. right. Okay. So we will definitely check that out. Another uh, thing we would like to throw a little... Shout out to is our Patreon sponsors. You, yeah. you guys know what Patreon is because we talked about it in pretty much every episode. I mean, Joe Rogan does need Patreon, but we, we would love yeah. Patreon and, uh, we do have a platinum subscriber. So we thank the dude from Kokomo. Yeah. But, uh, your Patreon subscription helps us pay for things like the ASCII net subscription I just had to pay for that was $36 to keep all the spam off our website. Spam's uh, bad unless it's in a can, in which case it's breakfast and it's fried, delicious. Right, spam. Oh, so That's you like spam? Salt. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. In, in small doses. Really, I mean, I, there was a list the other day. It was like one of these things that comes through. It says, put a one point by everything you won't eat. It was like 50 things. Yeah. I only had like one thing that I wouldn't eat that whole list. <laughs> what know? was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was liver. I just don't like liver. I'm with you there, man. I can't. I can eat anything. 
I can eat sushi. You know, yeah. I could I could eat uh, raw beef. I don't care. But Sashimi, liver? yeah. No liver. <laughs> no. I'm with you. My great-grandma made me taste that when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I was like, no way. <laughs> it's a texture thing, oh, man. So I'll eat Braunschweiger or something like that, but liver itself, I'll eat pate, but liver is gross. Yeah. Tune in for next episode where we're going to be an all-culinary show. Uh, we'd also like to say um, just a quick thank you. If you have been on uh, some of the Apple podcast sites or Spotify and you've left us reviews, we've definitely mailed out stickers to you, and we yeah. would love to have you rep the show. Uh, if you checked out our Facebook in the last couple of weeks, we actually had a couple folks who shared where they put their stickers. One went on a, uh, a Pontiac T1000, which is like the Pontiac version of the Chevette. Nice. Uh, shout out to Michael, who's a big fan up in we Wisconsin. We didn't post that. We need to post that stuff on Facebook, Daryl. Social media, it's the... We did. We did? I did. Oh, oh yeah. oops. That's right. <laughs> do you follow us on Facebook? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, there's also, we we posted, I think I did the other day, uh, our, our longtime listener, friend of the show, Brad, who uh, is repping our sticker and listens to our show, repping it on the dashboard. He actually took the sticker and made it, put a magnet background on it. Oh, nice. Which is smart. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, just because you don't want to peel off. Paint I don't or love something. my cars that much. No, that's but it's it's on his '72 Suburban right now. I put some pictures up there. Uh, he's a, a well-known fixture in the uh, the LS swap world, and also does the Hot Rod Power Tour. Unfortunately, I believe they canceled the Power Tour this year. So uh, everything's been canceled. There, Sorry. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or Sorry. not. Sorry, what what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, so yeah, we do appreciate the Patreon. We do appreciate the support. Make sure you throw out those reviews and uh, uh, Joel. Uh, still hasn't written this review, but I gave him a sticker, so I know you're listening, Joel. So put that friggin' review up, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I did want to take one second out, and I'm going to be all serious. I know one time I talked about somebody dying, and everybody said I drug the show down, but I, I do have a uh, heartfelt thing I want to say. Uh, we had a fan uh, who passed away, and I know he's a fan because he worked with Regan, and he worked at the Toyota office with Regan. His name was John Deering. And uh, I'd known John for a long time. He was an FTS. He was the field technical specialist for my store before Regan came to town. And uh, he was a good dude. And you know, I, the the thing I can always tell people, you know, if you think about that that bratty kid that you know WC Fields is always trying to flick off, like get away from me, kid, you bother me. Yeah. John was probably that kid when he was a little kid. He just had that grin. He you could tell he was menacing, but he was smart. He was a good guy, and I just, I laughed all the time with him. And uh, you know he. He uh, had some rest. I don't know what happened exactly, but I know he had a medical condition in the past. Uh, he had said he had a spider bite, which is always the weirdest conversation. It's like, yeah, I got a little blood clot thing in my leg. The dude looked healthy as a horse. So you didn't say, oh, he's got like a gimp leg. That's probably politically correct, say gimp leg. But uh, you wouldn't think there was anything wrong with this guy. But uh, I got a, a notice, boy, it was probably six weeks ago, saying, hey, John's in the hospital. Okay. He, he tough guy, 40-some years old, you know. Got a couple kids, got a wife, this guy thinking he's fully fit, he should make it. Uh, but he was in and out, had a respirator, ventilator, went through everything, and uh, they think he may have had a stroke at some point during being on a ventilator, and he just never came out of it, and he passed away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, was it COVID-19? I know one thing, John would still be alive if it wasn't for COVID-19 because that complicated the situation. So um, it's sad. It's a loss. I, I Anybody who works at the Toyota region who uh, knows Regan, knows John, uh, knows knows that situation. So shout out to John. Uh, love you, man. And the world is definitely a different place without you. Um, so anyway, that's my serious moment. And I uh, just want to pay tribute to him. So you would have liked him. He yeah. was – he just – just kind of a weirdo, but you know what? In my business, weirdos are what makes the world go round. Sure, yeah, sure. So. And what fun would it be if if people didn't remember you? 
Yeah. Now, what legacy would you would you leave if people are like, <laughs> I think I work with him? No, you I've worked with a lot of people that if they passed, you know, or, or I didn't see him for the rest of my life. I'd be like, I don't know who you're talking about. You yeah. know, that'll never be the case with John. You know, <laughs> well, so I and I really my heart goes out for his family. He had two teenage kids. I mean, I think we were probably living parallel lives in some ways as far as teenagers and all that stuff. So yeah. it's well, tough. I'm so, sorry to hear that. Hope everybody in Chicago region's getting through that. All right, so yeah. take care, Regan, too, because we uh, we miss you, buddy, and uh, hopefully he. When he swings back down this way, yeah, love to have him back on the show. Absolutely. All right. So again, uh, thanks for listening. And it, also, if you know anybody, any uh, gearheads who want to be on the show or talk about car stuff, we are open for reservations on that for 2020 because hopefully uh, COVID is <laughs> releasing us to the wild June 1st. So uh, let us know. At least in Illinois. If you're listening in other states, you're probably, you know doing normal stuff right now I, I know some people are like oh outlet malls are open in other states i'm like that's the last place i want to go but that okay cool yeah we could probably get into this but uh, i've had a lot of opportunities this weekend to go camping or go wheeling or and I'm, i'll be honest with you even go to the bar on friday afternoon and it's tempting i don't want to because yeah. here's the thing yeah. i don't want to i don't want to just go somewhere just because and be surrounded with other people I wouldn't normally force myself to. I'm not going to fight my way into my normal seat at McQuets you know, right, tomorrow. Right. Uh, so you could still order takeout, right? Yeah, but it just. I, and the same thing with camping. I'm not going to the Badlands this weekend to fight to find a spot to camp yeah. and then hear people's rigs all weekend. Amateur hour out there. It's like drinking on New Year's Eve. It's, I was just going to say, yeah. a friend of mine, uh, his father-in-law owned a bar up in upstate New York, and he used to say New Year's Eve was amateur hour. Yeah. And the, the type of people, no offense people, because they know, you know, we're all people. Because we know you're listening. We, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Amateurs. You're going to be out there like the first day, like May 29th, we can go drink in the courtyard. Yeah. And that's great. I, businesses, I hope that, I hope everything works They're great. They're going to be busy. Everybody's going to be busy. But do you really want to be sitting next to the couple who's like, we haven't been out of our house in three months. Yeah. And people, socialization. Dude, okay, cool. Now, this show is probably going to come out after that happens. So I think right. the show will probably come out about June 1st. So I'll be entertained to see how your weekend went. Did you survive? Hopefully. Yeah. And did everybody around you survive? Talk to us in 14 days. I hope everything I hope everything goes well. <laughs> yeah. Get a temperature. Run down to Target. Get that thermometer because they're going to be in, in hot supply in two weeks. Just in the words of the Big Lebowski, just just take it easy, man. That's what yeah. I hope. So I'm still going to go. I think I'm going to stop by Broadway Liquors tomorrow and just get, and just get ready for the weekend is what I'm going to do. Just get stocked up. Yeah, exactly, because I'm staying home. I'll watch the uh, the mess from home. How's that? Yeah, good idea. All right. So let's get on with the show. Yeah. We have some normal segments here. If you don't remember how the show goes, we've been a little sparse here lately. Yeah. Uh, the first section of the show is where we talk about our projects. And we've certainly had enough going on here. It's been three weeks or so since we did a show. Uh, Daryl, do you want to start or do you want me to go? I'll let you go because you got some cool stuff here. And oh, actually, yeah. um, you're going to talk a little bit about detailing, which is one of my passions. Ooh, when, passions. It's one of my passions, my fiery <laughs> passions, like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> That's a terrible impression. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, I'll, I'll interrupt that. Sorry. Yeah. All right, go for All it. All right, so I wouldn't say that we have any passion for detailing this house. As a matter of fact, it's a farmhouse with uh, livestock and cats. <laughs> detailing is about as far, you know. That's it's down the list. Yeah, we don't even care, but... Uh, my son wanted the green Celica out for the summer, and that happened here a couple weeks ago. We have a 97 Celica GT. The 97 was the oh, the anniversary edition, so you can get in a special color. And as a convertible, you get it with a special color with a special roof. So it's green with a tan top, British racing green tan top. Classy. Was, yeah, our love car. We love, you know, and you'll see pictures of this on my Instagram feed. Yeah. But my son and my daughter fight over this car incessantly. <sighs> they want to drive this thing all the time. Well, here's the thing. It's a 97. It hasn't been kept pristine because we don't keep stuff totally pristine, but we keep a cover on it. Right now it's sitting there with a cover. And, uh, 
It's got scratches. The paint doesn't look great. So I got some instant detailer, just spray on detailer, because I drove that girl in the parade, Miss Marigold, last year in the uh, Santa Claus parade. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I I'd sprayed down with that, and the water beat it off. It was nice and all that stuff. So we got the car out and washed it, and I said, hey, you can just spray it down with some of this liquid detailer. Yeah. Literally, probably just tire shine in a bottle. It's pink. I was really expecting to pull the car to the garage and see it explode because I left it in there all winter, which was stupid. It happens. Anyway, he we we sprayed it, cleaned it, didn't look half bad. And a little bit later, I come out and I see him spraying it, but he's in direct sunlight. The hood probably is 120 degrees, <laughs> and I see the the steam coming off of the hood as he's spraying it on there. And then he starts rubbing it in with a microfiber towel, and I'm like, oh, no. And as I walk up, I see the swirls. Swirls wah, everywhere. Wah. And I'm like, all right, let's try this again and get it in the shade. But it was too late. The damage was done. Those those swirls are in there. So so then I start, you know, there's scratches in it. It's a dark-colored car. There's white scratches. Let me just see if there's dark-colored waxes or, you know, dark, sure. dark yeah. car waxes. And there are some products. I, I found a website called The Chemical Guys. And I know who shows up to the... The Peoria Cars and Coffee. Jack's Wax. Jack's Wax. Yeah. So Jack's Wax is probably the equivalent. I mean, this stuff isn't cheap, but they got stripper. They got clay bars. Yep. And they got videos to show me how to use all this stuff. So I'm like, eh, I started filling up my cart. Got to $100 pretty fast. But you know what? If bottle, if a big bottle of stripper is 50 or $30 and a clay bar or two is 10 bucks each and then some other real nice polish wax stuff, if I get to $100... I'm thinking I might be set here for a while and make that car look really good. Sure. So is it worth a hundred bucks? I think it is. Yeah. Because what would you pay for an you know an actual detailer to come out and do it or well, take it to a shop? And here's the other thing: I'm learning how to use a clay bar. I watched a clay bar video and I'm like, wait a second. So I tear it off, spread it out, spray, and keep wiping. And mm-hmm. they had three different levels of clay bar. I'm like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. You know, to me, the clay bar was like the mystery enigma. Twenty years ago, when the detail shop said oh, we're gonna have to clay bar this thing, I'm like. Ooh, that yeah. sounds really difficult. Yeah, you know? I don't, I don't, I'm not checked out on that equipment. I don't know if I can <laughs> exactly. do this. Exactly. I have no idea what he's speaking of. So, uh, anyway, thechemicalguys.com. I think they should be a new sponsor. I think I'm going to reach out to those guys. Maybe I can get some, uh, bottle of stripper. That would be awesome. Yeah. You just, yeah, make sure you just you clarify. <laughs> I'm going to get some strippers. Yeah. What? Yeah. A uh, bottle of strippers. Yeah. The Never other mind. project I had, and it's, it's, uh, I will call this project Rabbit Hole, Daryl. I, I went down the rabbit hole pretty hard. I, of course, I was doing. Never re- happens. Yeah, I was doing that thing I normally do, where I'm in Walmart and my wife is looking at picture frames. So I wander over to the kids section to look at Matchbox cars. <laughs> to because, do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but because uh, I know there's a Supra coming out. Toyota is really stingy with Toyota, you know, with their cars and the uh, diecast. So there's a a new Supra model coming out. There's a, the old license Mark IV. Anyway. That's why I'm over there, Daryl. I'm a okay. collector. Okay. Okay. Sure. But as I'm going through the racks, I see this old Mercedes Benz. And I don't, I'm not familiar with the 220 SE, but later on, as I find out, this 1962 or 1961 220 SE has a number on the side of it and it says champion on it. And it's, it's a night, nice, it's got a, just a utilitarian gray color to it. It looks like it's army surplus gray. And, uh, I read who Yui Roquist. I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but this car looks amazing, you know, so. It's a buck. It's a dollar for so this. You have to put it in the cart at that point. Yeah, I think I have to. And I told her, I said, you know what? I need this. She goes, really? I go, yeah, I need it. Yeah. I, literally, what do I get anymore? I, right. I get, I get, I'm not buying a real car. Um, so I, so then when I get home, I do the Google search on Yui Roquist. Uh huh. And I'm going to tell you something. There, first off, Mercedes Benz is very proud of Yui because she was, uh, 
uh, one of their finest female drivers back in the 60s. And she moved on. I think she worked for Audi and some other teams, but she eventually ended back in Mercedes. Her husband was a rally driver, and she got into the sport. I think it was kind of a just a one-off, oh, we'll have some female drivers. But she took it a long way. And early on, by the way, for females in the sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know? long before I would have ever even known this gone. So the video that Mercedes produced was about her winning the Argentinian Grand Prix in 1962. And if you Google this... You will be sucked in. And she is beautiful. She's Swedish and she's blonde. And this is 1962. <laughs> she looks nice in those pants. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> and she had a female co-driver with her too. Just two girls just hanging out, you know, do, what, you know sleeveless, probably a little, never know. Are you writing a screenplay right Maybe. now? Maybe. All okay. I can tell you is this, Daryl. Have you ever <laughs> seen Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves, you know, at the Grand Hotel? <laughs> yeah. He, he lays there in that bed in his tweed suit going, I want to go back. I want to go back. Yeah. I'm telling you, Yui, <laughs> Yui, <laughs> you had the moment. I, I had the moment. You were my Jane, Jane Seymour and I was coming back. So <laughs> she has my heart in 1962, Daryl. Oh, uh, you know, I, I had not heard of her. I've heard of I followed some of the, you know, rally drivers like Group B stuff, eighties, seventies, stuff like that. Um, my knowledge doesn't go back that far, so I I have not stumbled on her yet. Yeah. And I know you're like, oh, this is so cool. There's stuff yeah. on YouTube, whatever. I'm just worried that you know maybe we'll we'll have to both compete for her love at some point. <laughs> is she still alive? By the she way? is still. If she the video that I saw, she was like ninety something, and she she was narrating it. That's so, awesome, dude. Just a tough old bird, and I'm. I'm telling you, man. There's there's a scene in that video. You'll see it if you YouTube it. This thing is in the air. This this Benz is ten feet in the air. No kidding. Cl- flying across a gravel road, and, and these are like for for those who aren't big Benz fans or whatever. Like this is that '60s Benz that kind of looks like the '70s and '80s Benz. Yeah, but it but they bigger. Have, this bigger. Car, this car's big. It's the S series, so it's bigger. And actually, these have the little uh, almost like tail fins. They're real subtle. Almost like little caddy fins, yeah. Yeah, they're cool. And I remember as a kid, I saw a few of these on the road still, and I'm like, oh, those are neat, because they, they looked like older Mercedes. Yeah. Um, but what was in this? A six, inline six? Or? Uh, you know, I don't know. I have to imagine it was an inline six, but... Uh, we need uh, George Barris. Need yeah, sorry. Yeah, George could tell us, but... Um, 220, it might even be a big force. That's what I'm... No, I think... I, I almost wonder if it was a V8, but... Okay. Yeah, the car was fast. I think she was, like, tracking... Like an average speed of eighty or ninety miles an hour on these these gravel roads. That car, I mean, you think of the size and the weight, and then to see it in the yeah. air, yeah. you know, just imagine the size of those lower control arms and stuff. Those everything probably weighed three hundred pounds on that. It's but, probably like working on a diesel truck. Well, they, I mean, they had a lot of them were diesel, so they were probably overbuilt to accept the weight of the bigger motor. Yeah, and Mercedes just overbuilt stuff back in the day, so. Cool. I will definitely check that YouTube stuff out. Yeah, I'll uh, put a, I'll put a, uh, maybe that video in there. Yeah. It's only like three minutes. It's uh, actually what's very unfortunate is a lot of it's in German, so you can't find out a lot about her. She does have her own page. I don't know if it was uiroquist dot com, but uh, it's her blog, and she, you know, she has a book. I may have to read that book. She might mention me. Well, Christmas is <laughs> not. We might that have fun. had a moment back in '62. <laughs> I think I feel like we did. Right. And uh, to Eric's kids uh, for Father's Day, we know now what your father wants. Uh, I'm getting my wife a race helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get her a, a different Matchbox. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Well, All right, Daryl. That's that's enough about me and my uh, my fantasies. I mean projects. Well, while you're go- you're going down the rabbit hole, I'm. I kind of did a little bit of that on Memorial Day weekend. Um, it was nice and sunny uh, in between the rain, but uh, it took Saturday and just spread out all the parts I got. For those who uh, – did we talk on the last show? I think it was before I bought it. You told you said what it was? 
Yeah, it was before I brought it home. So on the last show, episode 31, I talked a little bit about setting up a deal with a guy to purchase a, a 58 Plymouth Savoy Club Sedan two-door. It's basically a two-door post, kind of a not the hard top, not the cool one, but still kind of cool. Um, it's, it's very, a, it's very cool. He's he's uh, being his typical Daryl Scott. It it will be someday, but it it's a kind of a basket case. And this it, is a project car. For yeah. you. I mean, compared to some of the other stuff you've recently bought, this this car is probably as far gone as you bought. Yeah, um, I had one other one that was worse, and I wound up just selling it <laughs> uh, to a guy in LaSalle who's going to put it in his tattoo parlor. Oh, yeah, I don't That's know. Rough. If, I don't know if that ever happened, but. Um, this thing needs some work. It needs to be put back together. It's missing parts. So, uh, but it also came with a trunk full and a interior just full of boxes of spare parts. And I didn't know what was what. So I basically spread everything out on two tarps, uh, power washed 30 years of body shop dust off everything, <laughs> uh, cleaned everything and kind of just took inventory of what I had. So, uh, turns out I'm missing more than I thought. Oh no. But I have a lot more spare trim pieces for the outside, things that are going to, I can sell or swap meat or eBay or something. So I think it'll work out, but I'm doing other stupid things like chasing down seats, front and rear seats for the car. And I was just, before coming over here, I was talking to a guy in Buffalo, New York, who's like, yeah, I want 500 bucks for these seats. I'm like, oh, cool. And the seats are blown out and they're disgusting. Oh, so you'd have to reupholster them and everything. Yeah, but you know what? A, they're not making them anymore. And B... (laughs) I don't but have what's any wrong with yours? They're missing? They're missing. Oh, no. Yeah, the guy dropped them off at an upholstery shop, and then uh, I don't know what happened. They just disappeared. So so I was doing a little bit of that with the, with the Plymouth, uh, the new project, and then actually um, I finished up. I've been rebuilding carburetors in my spare time. So. Well, you were doing that a couple episodes ago. Is this uh, it's a different one? Okay, that's good. At least not the same one. Yeah, no, I have to rebuild it again, <laughs> uh, which has happened. But no, this is a this was a Carter BBD two barrel off of a, an older AMC, and it's one of those early like or sorry late carbs that have it's like an electronic feedback thing for emissions. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Darryl. Yeah, yeah. So well, <laughs> it had like this little stepper motor that actually changes the idle mixture based on how the car is running. Oh, oh, sounds like an electronic. Auto body of like some sort. Fuel yeah. injection. Yeah, it's kind of neat, but also a huge pain. I can only imagine. And uh, so, I don't know. That was fun to learn about, but uh, uh, that I don't know how many more I'm going to do. Uh, we'll see. But they're fun. It's something to do, and it actually, it's neat to learn about the different eras of stuff, because I'm used to working on, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s stuff. This is, uh, this is off an early 80s car. I was just going to ask, what, what are we working here? This is off of, um, I believe it was a 79 or 80 AMC either an Eagle or Concord or something like that. So the, the Jeep 258 in line six, uh, and it's going to go on an AMC Hornet to get a little more power. So Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Did was you fun. see the uh, the Plymouth Valari on the Malaise? I did, and we need to put a link up there because that's probably the coolest looking Valari. Okay. It's hinted the glass. Yeah. Which, 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 I mean, to me is like, oh, that's sacrilege, but it is what it is. Was You, you said yours was Mine the same was color? that same color. I mean, that was my car. Okay. I had the factory uh, UFO hubcaps on it, but that was, I mean, that's <laughs> basically it. Yeah. It Was, a, was it a four-door? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, four-door and, and golden brown, golden cinnamon brown. Yeah. I uh, would definitely just, we need to share that link, because the guy put, I think he put rims off a Crown Vic or something like that. Yeah, newer, he, it was a Crown Vic, yeah. But it, I'm like, it fits the car. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, look at that. I don't need anything to do with that thing. I was going to say, did you <laughs> go on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> and start I, looking? I, I looked up Yui Roquist's pictures again. That was good. <laughs> You've had them bookmarked, for Christ's sake. All right. <laughs> She's going to be my new screensaver. <laughs> Probably. 
All right, so we uh, take a look pants. at, at anyway. social media because I know we're all over the Twitters and the Facebooks. Well, first off, you and I talked about this. Cars and coffee yeah. perpetually postponed. Now we're looking at July 4th week, weekend, which is what it is. I'm supportive of it. I understand. You know, it, it, Sure. We, we can't uh, – I mean, I guess he probably could have it on the June – was it June sixth? I think is the yeah. was the original date. It might have been something too with liability or well, with the city so, social distancing orders. You know, stay six feet apart. Are you going to tell everybody to park their car every other spot? Not going to happen. And that leads into the next conversation. It was, uh, you know, May eleventh, and this is a couple weeks ago. But uh, you know, Brian posted on the Central Illinois Automotive page. Some idiots ruined this. We just had uh, just had to be stupid, just like. Peoria doing donuts in the grass, East Peoria. But Tommy Arnold posts on here that the manager of BMW said we can no longer meet there because of burnouts and some of us are drinking. So thanks for screwing that up. Um, so you know, what was it, BMW of Peoria? I don't the, know. Did people I, have like an impromptu meet or something? Must, uh, oh, no, no, it was Buff, BWW. Sorry, Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, okay, okay. So I know some guys have been meeting East Peoria at the Buffalo Wild Wings at, or at the old Logan Steakhouse, but that's private property. We talked about this. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, the best thing about social media is we can informally gather very quickly. We can, you know, have flash mobs because people are interested and want to do stuff. But at the same time, it leads to a level of organization that turns into chaos because nobody's controlling it. You know, th- right. there are no rules and right. I'm not, I'm not a rule hound. That's not my gig, but uh, we have to have some social decorum and that's, that's what lacks all the time. And I, and I'm going to go back to this and I'm going to say it again and I, uh, maybe I sound like a broken record, but Ruby and those guys, I give them oodles of credit for tolerating this crap. I don't even know how you continue to organize the stuff because there's enough tool bags, enough tools in the tool <laughs> shop that I'd be like, I'm done. I can't handle it. And it's, it, I don't know if it's a maturity thing, uh, if it's a, the car crowd thing, cause I've, I've known older guys that do burnouts and dumb stuff. And you're like, yeah. really, dude? You're like 68 years old and you're, <laughs> going when sideways to, next dude, to a baby stroller. When Come I was on. in the FRS the last time we were at the mall, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting on this thing, you know. Sure. There's something about guys and cars. Yeah. And when there's a crowd. Sure. Especially when they stand out there with their cameras. Right. Yeah, I'll give you a little show. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Put I'm, this up on the gram. Yeah, I understand that. But that's not the way things work around it. We have no permission to be anywhere. When I did when I did it, I was like right there on 74 or you know, 150 going through town. See, and that's... I. <laughs> It's it's weird not to go on a tangent, but I've always been of the mindset like you can get on your cool hot rod and whatever as long as you're not a in your neighborhood, b in somebody's driveway yeah. or private property, parking lot. Like go out on the on a open country road and yeah. give her hell. Yeah, but don't do it in like the Applebee's parking lot. That's <laughs> that's a no no. Well, I mean that comes from a life experience at Taco Bell parking lots, right, Daryl? This is true. Yeah. This is true. So uh, don't do bad stuff, and when things do start to open up, uh, I mean, what what's the operative word here? Just, like, be smart? I would say don't screw it up. I mean, fortunately, there hasn't been enough events to screw it up, so memories, yeah. you know, are short. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember last year because it feels like it's been five years ago. But uh, let's try and keep it together and be cool. True. It's going to be a lot of pent-up aggression, I think. I think so. I think so. But... Cars and Coffee season opener right now, Saturday, July 4th, usual time, what, 8 to 11, something like that? Well, you better get there earlier than 8 o'clock. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I, I think if the weather's nice and people haven't been out for four or five months, uh, you might as well big. show up at 6.30 in the morning. Right? <laughs> might be huge. Yeah. Um, I also think he's, uh, the, the Central Illinois Auto Enthusiast Group, Chris Ruby's group, is doing uh, Friday Night Lights on the 19th of June. Okay. 
maybe it's July. I don't I have to Who check. Who knows? It, well, if it was <laughs> June, it's definitely going to get pushed off, I get the <laughs> feeling. Probably. Governor Pritzker get involved with that. All right. All right. All right, are we time for the news, Daryl? Yeah, let's talk about what's happening in the wide world of automobiles. All right. Well, international news. Uh, this is actually a little bit unusual here. Mid-size pickups are the auto industry's new MVPs. Uh, mid-size pickup trucks are the new MVPs of the auto industry as it struggles through coronavirus. Mid-size pickups outperformed other segments, including large pickups, hmm. for the week's ending May 10th, according to J.D. Power. Smaller trucks were 3% ahead of the pre-virus forecast, and that compares with large pickups, which are negative 1% which in previous weeks were best sellers during tough times. So why I, mid why mid-size though? I th- you know, I think the mid-size is a fuel economy thing, which I think is a misnomer right there. I don't even know that mid-size trucks get that much better than large trucks, and they certainly aren't any more cheap, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But I think they're popular. I think uh I think the world's kind of lended itself to smaller vehicles, so maybe that's why they're picking up. I I don't know. I can never figure out the psyche of the truck buyer. I can't either, especially when like the Dodge Dakota disappeared, and I'm like, that's that's a midsize truck. Yeah, like the Colorado, the Ranger, the stuff like that. It, the Dakota is a very practical size truck versus a Ram. It was a Ram's obnoxious. Yeah. you know. <laughs> well, and even the F-150 and a Ranger, you're like, it's not that much different. Yeah. but I'd rather have the first versatility of the bigger truck. Yeah, and you know, paying like four grand more. Yeah, or whatever it is. So interesting study though. Uh, and I think lower gas prices too. People are like, "Oh, I'm going to go buy a truck now." But they does that always happen too? Do you see a surge in absolutely full size trucks? You, you can't give a Prius away when gas is below three dollars a gallon. But uh, when it gets over three dollars, yeah, you can't keep a Prius on the lot. Yeah, so, hotcakes. Yeah, people people will instantly once they start paying a hundred dollars of the gas pump for their Tahoe. This is ridiculous. I'm getting rid of this thing. It's you know because nobody wants to pay that kind of money just to take their kids to soccer practice, right? Right. Yeah, I'm paying two hundred dollars a month to go to work. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I could pay two hundred bucks for the entire year. Exactly. Okay, uh, so staying in the international waters, uh, let's talk about Aston Martin. Yeah, so I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Aston Martin is actually a publicly traded company. I was not aware of this, so uh, I guess they they opened up last year for public trading, and now they're down fifty percent. So uh, it was kind of rumored that they might do some shakeups at the top, and they announced this week that. Uh, the famed British car brand, that the new head will be the head of the AMG performance division at Mercedes, uh, and his name is Tobias Moores. He'll succeed Andy Palmer, who's stepping down effective immediately after leading Austin Martin since 2014. Now, Moores, his job, I, I think what I've understood, if you're an AMC, AMG division leader, this is literally taking right up the corporate through Mercedes-Benz and Daimler. So uh, it was kind of a shock. But then what I also read later on, did you know that uh, Austin Martin gets a lot of their engines from AMG? No. I know that years ago they had a partnership with Ford, or Ford had some... Well, when they bought them, right? Yeah. I th- did they own them? I think they did, didn't they? I, I know there was like some stuff going on <laughs> with Ford, but I had no idea that they were uh, part of Mercedes now. Yeah. So I rumors are that this will lead to more involvement with Mercedes in... Huh. The Aston Martin brand, and so ultimately, will we see a merging of the two? Will we see a lot more drivetrain with AMG? You know, if, if Aston Martin struggles and their stock prices struggle, it's it's very possible it could be another brand just goes under the the Daimler umbrella hood. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that uh, some of the AMG motors are just they're just tight motors. They're oh yeah, so they sound they sound like American muscle cars used to sound, but they're like you know. Twice the horsepower. Yeah, and see, that's the unfortunate thing. That's a whole different caliber 
of a vehicle and motor that we just don't even see. I mean, when somebody no. rolls up with an Austin Martin or an AMG product at Cars and Coffee, we all mm-hmm. look at that and go, oh, it's a lot of plastic. We have no idea what we're looking at. Right. You know, we're not here in the car. We're not in the car driving it. It's kind of like the new Supra, Daryl. When I drive the new <laughs> Supra, I'm like, oh, my God. But when you see it parked, you're like, eh. Just a car. It's, it's kind of a cool car, and drive you walk it. past it. Just drive it. That's why a uh, seat time sells any of those cars. I'm sure. I will. I will say that there are a few decent um, late model AMGs running around here that have some work done to them. Yeah. And uh, there's what do you? I forget what the S. It's not the S or the CLK. Is that the like Gullwing? Whatever the, the CLK was the little. It's like a Roadster. Yeah. Whatever, and someone can correct me. Uh, it's the it's the one that looks like the 300 SL, but the newer one. Mm-hmm. They put like I think a supercharger, or a twin oh, turbo, yeah, 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 six three, and that thing just gorgeous. There's one around here that runs around. It just sounds it sounds like a like a just a crazy old Challenger or something. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Anyways, all right, n- moving to national news. We got some goodies here. So here's what I did, Daryl. I condensed some headlines. Because okay. I want to, I want to maybe see if you sense a theme here. Okay, a little bit. So okay. this one came from Forbes today. Hertz files for bankruptcy after sixteen thousand employees were let go, and the CEO made over nine million dollars. Wow, that seems fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Motley Fool had an article that said how rental car companies are being disrupted. Newsweek: Car rental companies selling cars. How to get a budget used vehicle from Hertz, Enterprise, Avis, and others. And the Detroit Free Press had an article today, COVID-19 impact on rental car companies also hurts automakers. And this article goes on to say, the nation's rental car companies are in deep trouble, and that's another blow to the already struggling auto industry. During normal times, car rental companies account for 10% or more of the U.S. new car sales, an estimated 1.7 to 1.9 million cars purchased last year. Hmm. But these are not normal times, and far from it. Rental car companies get two-thirds of their revenue from airport locations, and while flying is down 94% in April and May, according to data, uh, people passing through TSA checkpoints, there were far few people needing rental cars. So this gets into our next headline. Nissan posts its biggest loss in 20 years and unveils a turnaround plan. Daryl, you know who <laughs> buys the most Nissans in the United States? It would be rental car companies. Yeah, Hertz Rent-A-Car. And yeah. uh, I'm telling you what. Companies that have depended on rental companies, you know, GM. We talk about. We'll talk about this later in my car of the week. But you think about Camaros, and you think about Altimas, and you think about these cars you see when you go to the rental car company. They're not being bought, and for I think Hertz said they're not buying any more cars for all of 2020. Just they're going to let their they're, fleet. they're done buying. Okay. It, well, they're bankrupt for one, so yeah. you, know, you know it's uh, those cars got to go somewhere. So you're going to say 1.7 million cars that should have been picked up this year by the auto. Um, or it should have been sold by auto manufacturers to rental companies. What are they going to do? That's a good question because that's also how a lot of people get into newer late model stuff without buying a brand brand new car. Oh yeah, you know if you can buy a two year old uh, Altima that's loaded for ten grand, right. <laughs> you're going to do that. Uh, and then two years later, when it needs transmission because it was a rental and somebody beat the piss out of it. Yeah. For- <laughs> two years. Every time I get a rental, it's always a Sentra. I swear to God, I get Sentra. I've really? got Sentras everywhere. Yeah, because I always get the economy, and I say I say Corolla or similar, and I never get a Corolla. They always give me a Nissan Sentra. Here's your Sentra. Here's your uh, what's the one Versa? That's even smaller, right? Here's your Versa, Mister Stall. <laughs> I might have gotten a Versa out in California one time. Not sure. I watched a friend of mine cram into a Yaris one time when they made those, and <laughs> still do. It was. Do they really? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the, this was like the first gen one. He's like, I, I don't know if I can fit. And I'm like, yeah, have a, have a good trip. See you later. <laughs> I dropped him at the airport and just took off. Have fun. Yeah. Um, Should have paid for the upgrade. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, like, I think with Hertz, there's probably some underlying issues with management and dollars and stuff, right? Maybe so, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I think all these companies were on the bubble anyway. I think that was kind of, kind of the deal. They're all like, oh, we're going to restructure. Oh, we're going to do this. Yeah. But then COVID shows up and nobody has a contingency plan for that. No, and that's an industry that uh, if there is – well, 9-11 was kind of the same way where they grounded planes. I mean, we had a lot of uh, – that whole industry, the travel airline, rental car, hotel, uh, yeah. hospitality, they really – they took a huge hit. And this is going on for months. I forget how long planes were grounded after 9-11. Was it a month? Yeah. Well, even just like the Iceland uh, volcano. Remember that interrupted air travel for like yes. six months? Yes. Yeah. That was messed up too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Any of these things. It's funny, you know, when we, we live in an environment where everything is uh, immediate, immediate on demand and we're in, we're not taking stock and, and building revenues where everything's going out the door as fast as we take it. Yeah. You know, if something interrupts the cycle, uh, then you have nothing. You know, everybody's I, screwed. Yeah. And everybody further down the line, yeah. like you're talking about, the secondary market for yeah. vehicle sales yeah. and stuff. The 16,000 employees who lost their job. That's yeah. a lot of people. Ooh, it is. Okay. So that's what's going on in the rental car and yeah. so Nissan industry. We'll keep an eye on that. That's one of our long-term uh, studies we'll be doing here at Throne Wrenches. We'll have the data team on that all summer. Yeah. Our analytics people will crunch the numbers. Yeah. So, you know who used to run Nissan? Yeah. Is this related? Yeah, I think it is. Four notes on a theme. Would that be our good buddy Carlos Ghosn? Yeah, somewhere in Lebanon, a greasy man eats a pita chip and dips it into something made out of chickpeas. Wow. Carlos Ghosn. Where in the world is Carlos Ghosn? So the big story this week is that, uh, I guess it was earlier in the week, U.S. authorities arrested a former Special Forces soldier and his son. They were out of uh, Massachusetts, actually. Uh, they they were allegedly uh, helped, ex-Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn, flee Japan last December, as in we reported. piano box, right? Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was in... I don't know what we detailed that in the previous episode. I have to go back, but um, the, the we all wondered how the heck did this guy get smuggled out of there while awaiting trial? Yeah. Right? I mean, it shouldn't be easy for him to get out of the house and get into a box and fly out of the country, right? I don't think so. I mean, maybe they. Yeah. I would think Japan's pretty high tech. Maybe they have ankle bracelets. You would have thought there were. Maybe they had like a stuffed Carlos Ghosn sitting at the table. You know, like sitting over his pita chips. Maybe you know, just just sitting there, <laughs> like the bur- weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. What flavor hummus would he be eating? I don't know. I think he's probably a natural guy. I don't think he probably goes around goofy flavors. Yeah. Probably an olive oil. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 my that's my choice. So former Green Beret Michael Taylor, age fifty nine, and his son Peter, Peter twenty six, were both detained in Massachusetts on Wednesday. I think this was last week. Okay. Um, Japanese prosecutors issued warrants for their arrest in January. Mr. Ghosn, who was detained in Japan on charges of financial misconduct back in 2018, made a dramatic Alle- escape. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Right. Dramatically escaped from house arrest last year, thanks to the Green Berets, which also was a great movie with John Wayne, by the way. Yeah, definitely different different crew of Green different? Berets, I believe. <laughs> okay. It would be a great movie if John, John Wayne were to be breaking out a CEO <laughs> from an auto, automotive company. Did you see that? Who, yeah. Did you yeah. see that? 
What do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. Put you in a piano box. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Uh, he doesn't. He denies the charges against him, and despite being monitored twenty four hours a day, he uh, he was still able to go back to his home of Beirut, Lebanon, Lebanon via Turkey. Via so. Turkey. Uh, elaborate scheme. I just, I wonder if he's. I would love to know how these two guys got contact. I mean, is it Soldier Fortune magazine right. ad? You know, need somebody killed, need somebody smuggled out of the country. Hey, Dad, there's an ad over here. Get a guy out of Japan. Yeah, how much are you gonna pay? Yeah, it says he's gonna pay a cool fifty thousand dollars. You know, that's it, what I want to. I want to know how much they paid him. Well, it better be a lot because now they've been <laughs> extradited, right? I don't know how that's going to work because didn't we also talk about how the Japanese justice system is basically your guilty period in yeah, case? Yeah, I think we did that rock paper scissors thing, and uh, <laughs> that's right, that's right. The hammer, or no, the razor. It was, was it the, the razor. I think it was the razor. Yeah, that was the defense attorney in Japan. The it razor. Amazing. It was amazing. Good stuff. Go back and listen to one of those episodes, or just read what's going to happen to Carlos Ghosn. Yeah, and I'll uh, maybe I'll make a board game of. Uh, the Japanese legal process sometime. I love it. A lot of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, totally efficient. Uh, okay, so that's the craziness that is international news. Things are it's normal been, It's here. been pretty crazy, actually, yeah. Yeah, things are normal here in the States, right, Eric? Oh, totally, totally. Did Daryl, I don't know about you, but, mm. you know, my summer has been interrupted. Did you have a summer break planned? I, I didn't have a break, but uh, I know a lot of a lot of my friends have yeah. had their whole lives just uprooted. Well... Uh, the automakers have decided, like American Honda, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz have said, you know what, since we had the COVID and you got to stay home with your families for the last two months, uh, we're going to interrupt that two-week scheduled break we normally give you guys. So uh, the automakers have until next week to notify UAW of the plan changes in the production calendar, but uh, these guys are saying, so much for your vacation plans, you're coming yeah. back to work. Yeah. And I had a, I actually, my wife and I actually had this conversation. I think that's going to be the status quo for a lot of industries. Yeah. The the mentality is, well, you guys get to stay home and play patty cake for long oh, enough. Yeah, get back to work. Yeah, that was a vacation, right? Yeah, total vacation. <laughs> uh, I, I understand it's weird, and it, I don't know. There's not really a rule book for this, but I don't know. It, I didn't realize how many of these plants were actually union plants, to be honest. Well, I think if you're north of the Mason-Dixon line, you're – Invariably union, right? Possibly. Possibly, with the exception of Indiana. <laughs> Indiana's not really, uh, I don't know. If you say so, I have no idea. Well, I know some of the plants there aren't. But, okay. Uh, interesting, though. Two weeks vacation, maybe not this year. Gone. All right, so now I've taken away your vacation. So if I work for Fiat Chrysler, i uh, got some more insult in my idea. If you're huh. tw- one of the 24,000 employees who were paid just a little bit extra while the plants were shut down, uh, you're going to be asked to pay that money back. Apparently, they deducted wrong on your paychecks, and the supplemental up unemployment benefits were wrong. So the average for these 24,000 employees was a $500 difference, and they're going to be asking at Fiat Chrysler for those employees to pay that money back. Oops. That's according to Automotive News. I think that's going to go over. Probably <laughs> like a lead balloon. I was going to say something more graphic. Got that COVID money. Maybe you could use that one of those COVID checks of six hundred bucks and apply it to the five hundred dollars that they uh, they overpaid you. That's too much math, man. Yeah. Too much math. I, I I just take my check and cash it, and then I go buy lottery tickets to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Genius, 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 Jerry. Genius. Jerry. Uh, it's gold, Jerry. <laughs> so we were talking earlier about the lower relative. 
lower gas prices, although they're starting to creep back up again. But still under two bucks a gallon. I mean, some places. Some places. Yeah. You know what's funny? I think Peoria and Tazewell County must be the highest in downstate Illinois. They are. Because even people who go to Bloomington tell me they're getting it for less than $2. I don't know what it is. Since living here, all my friends back in the Chicago area where I grew up are like, oh, gas must be cheap down there. I'm like, no, dude. It's like the same yeah. price. Yeah. Well, it's that quality of living you get in Peoria. Right. Yeah. Right. Much better uh, roads. Anyways. Uh, hey, I, all you got to do is shop Kroger, Daryl. I saved 40 cents a gallon the last time. I can't do Kroger. You can't? No. It's got Kroger has, you know when you walk into Target and it has that smell? Yeah. It's like Target smell? Kroger has a smell. Oh. I wasn't aware of the tilt scene. But in Pekin, it's probably one of the nicer <laughs> smells. It might, it it might doesn't be. Smell, it doesn't smell like the distilleries or whatever's on the river stinking up the place. It might be. <laughs> also, my wife grew up with Schnooks down in St. Louis, so like that's just... Ah, see, and I was never a Schnooks guy. They came to, they came to Bloomington Normal as a teenager. I'm just like, meh. You're not going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Not I'm, my thing. Sorry. Sorry. It's just, I, I can't roll Kroger. But I, I do hear and I have seen... Posts of people getting gas for like five cents a gallon and yeah. ridiculous prices. So, all right. So this all leads this all this long winded conversation yeah. leads to the big headline here, and this is from our news of the obvious section from Electech. According to ABC News, cheaper fuel caused by statewide shutdowns during the coronavirus could lead to an electric vehicle sales slowdown. <laughs> to grow electric car sales, companies have to appeal to the mainstream consumer, and right now, one concern is financial security or lack thereof. The annual cost of owning a new compact electrical vehicle compared to its gas-powered peers over five years and 75,000 miles of driving is a difference of $600, according to the report. They expect to launch electric vehicle, uh, automakers expect to launch electric vehicles this year, and the rollout will continue as they try to meet carbon emission standards set by lawmakers in Europe and China. I don't feel like that was written right, but, uh. It's all right. Here's, here's the deal. And like I said, this is news of the obvious. If gas is a buck 79 over at Kroger, mm-hmm. I don't need to pay a premium for an electric car because I can drive all day. And that $600 difference, I, I believe is a misnomer. I, I believe it's actually cheaper than that because I think the trade in and the resale on my conventional car is higher is going to be higher at the end okay. of five or seven years. So that's, that's good to know. Nissan Leafs. Look up a Nissan Leaf and see how much you can buy one of those suckers for after a two or three year lease. Uh, a friend of mine was just telling me that he, in the gutter. he was looking for, he was looking at one for like, 9500 or something it was yeah. off lease and it was clean <laughs> yeah and uh, he already he's like i got the you know 240 out in the garage i can do whatever electric i need for the charger yeah he's like that thing would just run itself yeah like, he didn't buy it yeah well but, i think uh it's all about warranty and battery and uh if you ever had to do any repair to it you would find out really fast you know why you saved a bunch of money so it's a gamble mm-hmm. it's new tech it's bleeding edge if you're one of those guys you know, you're the same guy who, who bought the $4,000 laptop. You're the same guy who got the plasma TV for $10,000, right, you know. Right. So, hey, buy the $50,000, you know, electric Nissan car. Hey, Super cool. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then in five years, you're buying something else. Exactly. Or two years. Anyway. Uh, what are we going to say here? Uh, oh. We can skip that you one. skip that one? Let's okay. Go, let's go right down to the fun story of the night. Okay. For our final well, maybe our, kind of our final. No, no, we got local stuff there, too. Yeah, All right. That, we skip that. That's All old. Right. All right. Tell me about the seat warmers and the new oh, Porsche. Gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Okay. So you know how police vehicles most likely nowadays are mostly Fords. They sit police interceptor on the back, like yeah. the Explorers oh, yes. and Tauruses. Kind of it's kind of menacing. It is a little menacing, kind of like RoboCop police cars. That, those were Tauruses. I don't know why I just said that. Anyways, Ford Motor Company, because I'm a nerd, Ford Motor Company is rolling out some new software for its police interceptor utility vehicles in the light of uh, COVID-19. 
they're actually going to use the passenger <laughs> compartment seat heaters to heat the temperature inside the cabs of the cars as hot as Death Valley on its warmest day. That's right. Wowzers. 133 degrees to disinfect the interior against coronavirus. That's going to kill it off, apparently. So Ford said Wednesday that this technology heats the interior to 133 for 15 minutes, kills off all those nasty bugs, and then it uh, actually figures a quick reduction in the virus's stability. So uh, that's according to studies from the World Health Organization, but Ford is claiming those little bun warmers <laughs> will actually, like, cook your interior. Which 133 is just, degrees. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I hope no, you were saying, uh, I hope nobody's in the car. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I got the perp in the yeah. back seat. Horror today in Lexington, Kentucky, as, <laughs> as, uh, Billy Joe, who was shoplifting for Laffy Taffy's, got cooked in the back of his right. Ford Interceptor. Those Laffy Taffy's are pretty soft. And if there's one thing I notice that cars love, especially new cars with lots of vinyl and plastics, oh, yeah. synthetic materials, they love is extra heat. Extra heat. Yeah. yeah. Buy anyone that's five years old from like California, Arizona, you'll see how great the interior holds up. <laughs> that so we'll see uh that's an interesting option uh ford's of course the better idea people maybe this is a better idea that what they are that's what they are tesla's i've heard has a similar feature but it's not for coronavirus it's called like fireplace mode yeah uh, buddy ben listener oh. to the show uh he rented one i think what's that not carvana that's the buy thing what's the rent somebody else's car oh uh we um, truly not tr- truly uh, no. <laughs> I'm getting all of Air, my apps. Airbnb. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, we uh, we did a whole segment on them. I think during the uh, Delorean uh, snow thrower yes. show. I can't remember. Uh, tr- 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 Turo. It wasn't True Car. Turo. Tur- it was Turo. I don't. I have no. Idea. I think it is Turo. It is Turo. Tr- not Turo. Tr- not Turo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's down south. That's Mexican I'm version. Hungry. Turo. <laughs> No, but he rented a he rented a Tesla, and he said they have one what uh, an Easter egg called fireplace mode. Yeah, I remember that. I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah. you cook the seat heaters, and you got to yeah turn the heat up. But that's just weird to me that Ford is actually coming up with that idea. But you think about the police car, and this is one thing I would love that that's true. I would love a used police car, but I'm also a germaphobe. Cop shocks. Cop transmission. And there's one thing. Every time you buy like a police car from an auction, the yeah. back seat is usually like solid vinyl. Yes. Because it needs to be able to be wiped off. Because oh, yeah, it's been urinated on. You know yeah. that thing's seen some urine. Yeah. And feces. So if there is a car that does need to kind of self-clean, like an auto-cleaning mode. And tears. And tears. <laughs> so sad. It's almost like the oven self-cleaning mode. You yeah. just turn it on, cook everything <laughs> off. It's, all that baked on cheese yeah. just gets... That's gross. But uh, interesting idea for it. I give them kudos for adapting and being innovators Yeah, in time of innovation. Definitely so. Definitely so. All right. Is it that time? Speaking of innovative people. Oh, do you, are we going? Are we skipping right ahead? Wait. You had something from the Journal of Classic Cars, Daryl. Uh, I could deny you the story on this. Stupid stuff. It basically just says that people that like old stuff keep buying it no matter if there's a pandemic or not. And I can totally relate to that. Uh, but basically just talks about how folks have been, especially the boomers, are going through auctions, and they're been like, yeah, I want this. I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. I'm going to buy some new cool stuff and have it delivered. That's so- interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been watching some of the stuff on Bring a Trailer, and I there's no rhyme or reason right now. I there was a I think right at the beginning of April, I was watching stuff. It seemed like it was going a little cheaper. Yeah, but I think that's gone away. I think as the markets come back, and and I swear to God, this is how boomers operate. They watch their 401k, mm-hmm. and if their 401k is struggling, they're not buying anything. But once that thing kicks back up. 
they'll spend money like drunken it's sailors. It's Green Light City. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but green lights. The one thing I did want to notice, though, uh, is that the 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 top ten cars, vintage and collect, collector classic cars, are selling. Uh, the top ten in all years categories in April. The searches mirrored those of the previous month, which is like Chevys, Fords, Mustang, Chevy pickups, Volkswagens, buses. Um, and the Corvette actually moved up a little bit, swapping places with the Cadillac, the Ford Bronco, the classic Ford Broncos that we yeah, love. Yeah, the beauty that we, yeah. Yeah, they actually slid a little bit. Um, where is it? Oh, and they also said the Fox Body Mustang. That's the 79 to 93 <sighs> Ford Mustang. God, the Fox Body. That thing. Yeah. Ew, it's like a roach, man. That thing's never going away. It won't go away. And actually, there's some of the real nice ones are commanding some decent money. But the thing about that car is there's so much power in such a small body. Yeah, it's it it really is an art form. I mean, yeah, when you get to, like when I talk about my car of the week and talk about small car, I mean, Fox Body really was a compact package versus other even the new Mustangs are gigantic in comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're much bigger, and you got to think of the times too. I mean, the Fox Body that era, you know, two hundred and fifty horse was like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. nowadays, like uh, probably a Camry makes that, you know. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah probably more. Highlanders pumping out three hundred horse, you know. Yeah. So you get something that is a little bit older and it's it's a little more tame, but if you have one of those that hasn't been messed with and some high schoolers like yeah. us didn't crash it and back in the day, rear wheel drive. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Fun you can have, have a blast. And what's well, the price point? I mean, you're talking about some that that are really expensive, but even one that's been generally kept up in our neck of the woods, even if it's like all pimped out to the max. Yeah. We're still talking about cars that are five to seven thousand dollars here, right? I right. Mean, yeah, you can get a and nice, and I'm spending a lot of money on a Fox by five to seven. I mean, around here you could probably pick one up for twenty five hundred to three grand. You can pick one up, yeah, much less. But the days of finding one for twenty five hundred as a summer beater driver, like yeah. convertible GT or something, yeah, those are probably probably long gone. But yeah, for five grand, you can find a solid, you know, eighty seven, ninety three, yeah. yeah. And they're fun. The aftermarket support's still great. I just. And I know a lot of people struggle with this. Like, how is that a collector car? Well, they're 25, 30, 30 plus years old now. Um, Isn't that crazy? I, that body I, style came out in 79. I got to so. register my uh, plate again for my uh, 1990 Celica. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to go in and I'm going to do the antique, you know, do plus it. plate because yeah. there's no reason for me to pay for full registration. The car is literally drove 500 miles this whole year. So. Exactly. And people that give you static about that, you can tell them to pound sand because yeah. it's not tax evasion. The car is not on the road that often, and you use it for shows, autocross events. It's not like you're it's driving a show work. car. Yeah, it's my show car. <laughs> That's right. I had a guy years ago. I've uh, got a '76 Chevy three-quarter ton pickup. And it's an old farm truck. You know, cats used to whiz on it and stuff. I mean, it's it's an old rusty pile, but I love it. Yeah. And I put antique plates on it, and I drove it to work a couple times a year, maybe five, ten times tops. And I had two guys at various times of the year that I worked with in the maintenance department, like. How do you get away with that? And I'm like, excuse me? I'm like walking in with coffee. Get away with what? I'm I know like, the law. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could put antique plates on. That's got to be a show car. I'm like, actually, do you, do you want me to run down like what it needs to be? Yeah. Like, just mind your own business. Yeah. Anyways. Whole pile of nunya. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> um, one last story in the news section before we get to our favorite segment of the show. Just so you know, Ford had to shut down production at two plants after employees tested positive for COVID-19. So, we talked, I don't know if we talked about it much on this show, but we've talked about some of the new reality on our previous show, and they're going to be checking temperatures at these factories. Um, one plant in Chicago, and so we're going to paint this in local news, that builds a Ford Explorer mm, yeah. and the Lincoln Aviator, 
and the Ford Interceptor, funny enough, we were just talking about that, stopped operations Tuesday afternoon after two employees tested positive for COVID-19. Then Ford's plant in Dearborn, Michigan, which makes the best-selling F-150, shut down Wednesday. Both plants, as well as the other Ford plants across Midwest, restarted production Monday after suspending operations for about two months because of health concerns. This is going to be a nightmare. And we've talked about this even at my own work, and I'm sure you talk about this where you work. Uh, if somebody tests positive or somebody gets sick, at that point, if, if you go home, you're out for 14 days, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. And now you're watching everybody else. You know, So now we're going to have a cycle of employees. We're going to be, And I think this is going to happen everywhere. It yep. doesn't matter if it's a grocery store, the Verizon store, you know, your place of work. It It's just going to be the new reality. I love saying new reality. That Let's stick with all the buzzers. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs> the new norm. This is the new norm. Yeah. In it together. All in oh, it, we're it. all in it together. We're all in it together. Yeah. No, we are, but it does it does definitely raise the question of who gets to monitor that. Is this a, a giant HR responsibility now? Uh, do you have to have some health expert on contract or on site to monitor? It's, imagine a factory. What's your liability as an employer? Exactly. If yeah. somebody else in the shop gets sick because Ted came in coughing and sneezing on everybody, does that mean the employer gets sued? Like, and what if what if that employee takes it home to somebody else and they get sick and die? It's crazy. So now, whose fault is it? How far right. back does the blame go? Right. No, it's 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 entirely. This... Gabe, Gabe Casey, CLOPeoria dot com. <laughs> He'll right. answer all your COVID questions. It might actually be uh, be pretty pretty helpful in a, in a lot of different <laughs> ways because there are so many questions, and I know even employers. Uh, heads of HR, you know, managers, stuff like that. They're even like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so as, as things roll out, things reopen, as things kind of start to quote, get back to normal. Um, the new normal. Just give everybody a little slack. I know I've read some stuff about this when it comes to restaurant workers, you know, like, hey, just cut everyone some slack. Just be cool. The same thing would be true for your employer. Um, I mean, unless they're sticking it to you, that's a whole other thing, but, but just nobody knows what to do with this stuff. No. And, uh, hopefully Ford gets back on track. Uh, but this is probably not the last situation we're going to see where there's an outbreak. Really? You think? Probably not. <laughs> my, my crystal ball. It's so half empty, Daryl. That's what my wife just told me today. She says, no, no, she did. Mr. Poopy pants. Oh my God. The car you bought, you had to be optimistic. I was. I was. I am. I could probably part it out for twice what I paid for it. But okay, all right. But that's not why you bought it. We no, know better than that. No, I'm not going to cut it out. All right, Daryl, you ready for our favorite segment of the show? I mean, it's my favorite segment of the show. I don't uh, know about you. I think I know what segment this is. Yeah. Is oh. it... Uh, Do you want to say it? No. It's time for your moment of I Darryl. never say it. This is your, this is your well, baby. I was going to give you the option, man. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. I want to share the wealth, man. I want to be the hog. Take the shot. Take the shot. Uh, what were you watching on Wednesday night on CNBC, Daryl? I was not watching. You were not watching I Jay was... Leno's Garage? No. All right. Well, if you were watching Jay Leno's Garage on CNBC, you would have saw Elon Musk allow Jay Leno to drive the new Cybertruck for 1.1 mile through the boring company tunnels underneath Los Angeles. Uh, this... What Jay Leno's Garage? What fifteen minute show? Yeah, something like that. All right, I'm gonna. I have not watched it, but apparently it's on YouTube in full, so we'll have to be sure to watch that. I just want to note that the only thing that could have made more product placement for Musk on this is had he put the the vehicle in the tunnel with a SpaceX rocket led by one of his flamethrowers from the what, what what company was that? The it wasn't the Boring Company, was it? It might have been. Might have been the Boring Company made the flamethrowers. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
No. That's that's your goofy moment of must. Now, in commerce news from Elon, we're going to make this a double stacked moment of must. Elon extra tweeted, musky. Yes. Uh, on May 11th, Elon had a couple tweets, and they're pro-capitalism. So Tesla is restarting production today against Alameda County rules. I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask it only be me. And then he said later on, yes, California approved, but an unelected official illegally overrode. Also, all other auto manufacturers in the U.S. are approved to resume. Only Tesla has been singled out. This is super messed up. And that... Is your moment of must? <laughs> oh, I feel like Daryl took a picture of me during that. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, uh, I should have. Um, Who's more annoying in that car ride, by the way, uh, Jay oh. Leno or? Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you, truck. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't do. I need. To, I need to learn the Elon <laughs> South African accent so we could like we could. It's a difficult accent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it sounds aloof. You know. Yeah, it's but excited. How, how does that work? A little bit excited. It's, it sounds quasi Dutch. It sounds quasi British. Yeah. Basically, um. A lot of douchery. It sounds like <laughs> the bad guys in Lethal Weapon 2. But no, um, interesting though. What happened with the, the plant? Cause well, I know that was a, there was all well, this run up. It was like Elon Musk goes head to head with California and it's, I'd never heard a f- follow up to well, that. Well, and I don't, is he going to move the plant? I mean, there was uh, a giant Texas guy holding the pickaxe with a Tesla logo. You know, that was the big, Big headline last week. They just moving to Texas or break ground, Oklahoma or something like that. So, yeah. um, and the and the deal is what they're basically still like shelter in place. You can't go like they're not oh, letting Ca- so California. So my buddy Don, who lives out there, said, "Yeah, they're, they're basically shelter in place. They're not going anywhere. Okay, like, everything's shut down. Even the beaches. Uh, you know, some people are going out there, but it's they're locked down hard. Absolutely harder yeah. than probably anywhere else in the country. And so is it Gavin Newsom? Is there governor out there? Yeah." Yeah, he's he's definitely you know I I, th- I feel like Como and Pritzker and uh, Newsom have basically those three governors, three big Democratic states have all walked the line anti-Trump on on everything anti-capitalism. They're more about you know being safe, but I don't. At some point, the inflection point hits here. Where we're like, are we costing ourselves more than we're saving? And I who knows? It's well in California. Is that this is me being stupid? Are they the U.S.'s biggest power economic powerhouse. Yeah. Well, it's like one of the fifth largest economies in the world, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Musk has a lot of advantages being in California. I mean, that puts him on the West Coast. It puts him right there into Asia. You know, he can do a lot from that spot. But uh, ultimately, if business is friendlier, that's why companies move to Texas, and eventually right. Texas won't be friendly. But for right now, you know, if you can save a lot of money and you can do whatever you want now, and you can trample all over <laughs> whatever you. <laughs> Laws and safety measures. What do you <laughs> What do you want me to do with all this toxic waste, Bob? And yeah. just pick it out back. Hey, I'm gonna take it down to Guadalajara, Mexico, and make a plant down there. Let the horses munch on it. Yeah. That'd be good. Exactly. So, I, I sorry, that, Texas. That leads to a lot of different conversations. But uh, I would love for Elon to stay in California because I think that's exactly where he needs to be because that's where his customers are at. Yeah. Right? You're selling True. cars in California, so you might as well be making them in California. I don't know. I just I don't like the whole grandstanding. I never like the if you're a big CEO, but he's more than a CEO. He's yeah, he's, he's a, a personality. He's a scion, or a, what do you call that? Uh, an icon of icon. industry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> demigod. <laughs> no, um, no, it's just dude, go to work, do your do your stuff. He can't do that. Roll with it. Whatever. Okay, I, so 
that's what's going on with Elon Musk. Yeah, By the way, so that was our, our elongated. Was there Musk. another SpaceX thing that got postponed this so week? So they were going to launch, launch, they're going to launch a rocket. Uh, or Sean Connor are going to launch. Yeah. They're going to launch a rocket. <laughs> that's a terrible one. Uh, SpaceX was going to launch a rocket, I think today, uh, as we, as we record, you mentioned Sean Connery saying SpaceX. SpaceX. Sorry, I'm so, <laughs> no, I got it. I can't stop saying it. Astronauts going to be launched into space. Yeah. Anyways, countdown. Elon Musk of SpaceX. <laughs> anyway, there was going to be a launch. SpaceX. I mean, the cool thing is SpaceX was actually going to put American astronauts back in space, as opposed to sending guys over to uh, Russia somewhere and, and going up in a Russian rocket ship. Mm. SpaceX could do it. I got. I, you know what? If you're in space travel, you're you're known you're prone to risk. You know the risk. Yeah. Uh, and SpaceX has launched a lot of rockets, but even so, just here recently, they they had one that biffed. You know, on sending a couple satellites up pretty so, gloriously. Yeah. By the way. So I just, hey, it is what it is. But uh, are we rolling back to like those 1960s space explorations that blew up and yeah. on the on the pad? Yeah, I guess your insurance rates might be better if, if you'd have a private company blow up as opposed to federal government. Federal government just give you a, here's your lifetime pension for your family. Yeah, right. You know, SpaceX probably owe you a couple billion. Here's a NASA t-shirt your dad would have launched you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary, scary stuff. But it, it's, it'd be interesting, but I am excited to see American rockets bringing Americans into space. I think it does uh, lend itself a little credibility to what we're up to, right? Right on, right on. And also the whole spirit of discovery thing. I mean, this is still the greatest nation in the world. And it just, there is something to be said for, uh, self-reliance and being able to build something and support something yourself rather than like, well, we can only go back up when the Russians. Yeah, especially the Russians. Of all the companies, it'd be like, even China might seem more savory to the palate than sending guys to Russia to. I would think so. Yeah. I would, because half the spaceships probably Chinese built. The food would be better, I would think. I would think. I would think. Unless you like borscht. Is that Russian? I'm sure they serve a lot of that. On, that? On, yeah, I'm generalizing. <laughs> I know nothing about other people's culture. <laughs> Lots of cans of sardines, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, from the Black Sea. What is Russian food, though? You don't really hear... Like, pierogies. I've eaten pierogies. Have you had those? Pierogies? Pierogi, pierogi, probably the same thing. Punchki, pachki. A little, a little dough-filled thing with uh, meat like filling. meat and potatoes. Yeah. I would eat... You know what? That's the nice thing. <laughs> Anything over there? That Daryl and I are hungry. In comp- yeah, clearly we're starving. I mean, is there a Taco John's here? Um, no, I, I would. Anything that is meat, and potatoes, and some sort of pastry, um, uh, sign me up. Yeah, I can't do that. It's I'm on Noom. I'm on Noom time right now. I can't do that. What is Noom? It's oh, a, it's the it's my diet diet stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So enough about Elon and Russians and them Russians. Bad food. Yes, as Ginsburg said, them damn Russians. <laughs> um, Let's get onto the rift zone. This is where we get into the craw of the man sitting across from me. Daryl usually has something bugging him. If it's not an old tourist going up and down his road up there in Peoria that we get to hear about on the show live from his garage, yeah. there's probably something else that's bothering him. I can almost guarantee you he's got a subject. So what is it this week, Daryl? Well, this week, uh, in the hunt for old crappy car parts for another old crappy car that I bought <laughs> that's missing parts. But it's cool looking. It will be cool. But um, there's a lot of folks out there that ask, and you see it on new stuff too, um, if you're on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eBay, you'll see stuff like this. An ad, it'll be like for, I don't know, a set of rims and tires. Like, yeah, bought this for my car, but decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> well, what direction is that? Is that forward? Because the used distributor you're selling on eBay looks like it probably stopped spinning, I don't know, 25 years ago. 
And if people can buy a new version of the same used part you're selling locally to your, quote, friends uh, for 20% more than the cost of what you're trying to sell it for, you're never going to sell it. I'm tired of people trying to pass off used, crappy, clapped-out car parts with, like, stupid prices, trying, like, trying to recoup some of my money. Yeah. I pay I paid two twenty four so I'll sell for two hundred. Yeah. And it's like ten years old and yeah. it's discontinued and it's crap and yeah. I don't understand that. If 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 I've ever sold something on Craigslist or swap meets or something like that, it's usually at a reasonable price because I dragged it out there and I don't want to drag it home. Yeah. So the whole point of selling something is you want to sell it and get money for something else. Rather than I just want to keep relisting this on eBay. 20 times until it sells. Yeah, but part of me says that's ambitious, that you would actually have the patience to do that over and over because I, I, I have so much stuff sitting around my house, I don't even have the, the tolerance <laughs> to even put it online. Right. And then you got these guys who would take a $10 part and put it on Craigslist. And are like, really? Was that even worth your time to yeah. punch that in? You know, I bought, when I, I went talking about rabbit holes, I went through Facebook Marketplace one night this week. And I'm just like, hmm, you know, if I found a decent set of white wall tires for the Plymouth, like for the other Plymouth, yeah. the 55, like I always kind of wanted to toy with with putting white walls on it, but I don't want to pay 260 bucks per tire. Oh, yeah. So I just Google white walls once in a while. Well, there was one on Facebook Marketplace that came up in Peoria. It was like 25 bucks, and it was a fairly new Diamondback, which they're really pricey Just tires. one? One. Okay. 25 bucks, and I'm like, well, that's dumb. Nobody so that's cheap. Like I could take this and resell it for yeah. more. Yeah. I don't need a white wall. But I'm gonna so I messaged the lady, it was like ten thirty at night, and she's like, Come come by tomorrow morning at ten and I did and I bought it. Yeah. And my wife's like, What 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 are you buying that for? I'm like, because it's twenty five dollars. <laughs> but that's somebody who's priced something like, Hey, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. Someone else could use it. I sh- you know, and part of me looks at stuff like, Oh, that that's worth fifty bucks. I need to get forty or fifty bucks out of it. But really, just get if I just got ten dollars for it, I'd probably be happy to just get out of the house. And that's probably what she was with that tire. Yeah, it's out of her house. Exactly, she didn't have to worry about it anymore. And she got twenty five bucks. <laughs> just probably just like the husband, the former husband that she kicked out with the old car, which is probably going to be me someday. But anyways, yeah. that's yeah, that's, that that's all. Well, what'll happen is you'll be <laughs> selling that tire for twenty five bucks here in uh, what. Probably six weeks, six days, <laughs> or sixteen years. I don't know. My goal is to take. I, I have so many old hub, like one-off hubcaps yeah. from like classic Lincolns and stuff. And I thought, make a little tire stand like an old service station ah. with the hubcap and on it. I don't know what I'm doing, but that's that's the whole thing. Uh, I think you make a wind chime. I could, <laughs> could. When I sell it, Eric, in six days, I'll put a price tag of $24. There you go. There you go. What's bothering you this week? Uh, uh, I've seen some pictures floating around. I mean, Eric and I talk off camera, off mic. Uh, yeah, we, we're not just friends on the radio. Wait, we're friends in real life-ish. And No, I'm kidding. You came by my house. That was a big step. It was. It was. <laughs> but you sent me some nice little pictures so, now and then of, of just things that you come across that might be... Okay, so first off, in my job, you know, as a service manager at a, at a local... Uh, metro car dealership. You know, we see cars and we see all kinds of stuff. And let me tell you, soccer moms come in all the time. Go, oh, I'm so sorry about how disgusting my car is. Listen, lady, your car isn't nearly as disgusting as what you might think it is. I've seen some cars, and if you don't have chicken bones or a dead animal in the car, you know you're not. You, you, you haven't reached reached Ugh. the level. Um, so right now we have a recall on the Corollas and the Avalons. And it's the same recall. Both of them require that you pull the center council out, which is basically unwind the shifter, take the shifter trim out, all the way back to the glove box. We have to pull everything out of the glove box and everything under the radio where there's that little catch-all. We've got to take all that out. 
Well, there's something, and I'm not trying to be too specific here to Toyota owners, but there's a difference between the lifestyle choices that Avalon owners make versus Corolla owners make. Uh-huh. And I love Corollas. I mean, we got Corollas in my family. Sure, sure. It's definitely, it's a, a value car. Ten to $15,000 gets you a great Corolla all day long. Um, but the cars are disgusting. I mean, some people, <laughs> I, I mean, we need to be vaccinated. The thing is, here's what we're, do, we're doing for, for, for COVID. You know, we're putting steering wheel covers down. We're putting shifter covers on. We're putting keys and bags. We're putting seat covers down, floor mats. I'm not spraying stuff in the cars because we talked about this a lot. And I and I do videos at the dealership all the time saying, I'm not spraying your car with any Clorox or bleach or disinfectants because if you have a leather wrap steering wheel or a faux leather wrap steering wheel, the glue is so sensitive on those. The, the surfaces are so sensitive. Your nice blue steering wheel will be gray or green yeah. in six months because yeah. I, I sprayed it with Clorox. So I'd rather put a cover over it. But the thing is, those center councils don't get covered. And we got to pull all that. My technicians put on their rubber gloves and they got to pull this stuff out. But bloody napkins, uh, shiwis. She, she, the shiwi. The shiwi. The shiwi. I well, mean, you can look that up, folks, at home if you want to Google shiwi. Any uh, ladies out there who might go camping might be familiar with the Shiwi, yeah. but it's a nice interface between uh, your business and the outdoors when you need to pee and you're a lady standing up. So, so those are just kind of tucked in with just the sitting there in the center council. That's a great spot for it. I mean, that's, it, that's I mean, disgusting. I've we've had guys who I, I assume they were diabetic and they left their needles, literally needles uncapped, sitting in the center council of the car. I hope it's insulin. Yeah, well, I assume, and it just boggles my mind the filth in people's cars so now what we did we got a uh we i put a bag station out there and when we make the appointments we tell people hey we're going to go through your center council we're going to pull this stuff out i'm trying to get into the conversation where we've seen guns and cars and or oh, yeah. hundreds of dollars I think one of our first show the gal said we stole 50 dollars and quarters from her you know oh my god it's yeah. it's never ending this is take well it's almost you almost have to be like the tsa bin right yeah just yeah. give them a plastic bin, like, okay, everything out of the console, <laughs> everything out of the glove And box. that's what the, the Toyota bags, the auto show bags are for now. We give them an auto show bag and say, all right, clean it all up, because my guys aren't going to be responsible for all this. It's just gross. Yeah. Well, take care of yourself. Don't get tetanus. Don't get anything else. And uh, I hope there's no other illnesses lurking yeah, because we'll of some chicken sandwich that's lodged yeah. in between a seat. And, <laughs> the gross. chicken bone one, man, that's one of the best. Like the first we just eat in Kentucky Fried Chicken and just setting the bones down on between her leg, it was a woman. Why with an Avalon and uh, just setting the bones down on the floor mat? Just so six months later, when she comes in, there's just these chicken bones laying there. Like you didn't stop by a gas station. You never got gas in the, in between where you could have said, "Hey, while it's taking a few minutes to pump up my gas, I think I'll reach down and grab these chicken bones and scoop them up and throw them in the trash can." I will admit, not with my current vehicles because I love them too much, but uh, previous vehicles I have been known to leave like uh, the little tray you get the slice of Casey's pizza on. Yeah. Oh yeah, those those wedges, yeah. Yeah, and I I've you know, I've thrown a couple of those under my seat to deal with later and yeah. later is like a yeah. month. It's yeah. like, oh crap. I've done some gross stuff like that, but I've never left any anything that's like bloodborne pathogen in my car. <laughs> Bloody rags are the most disgusting. And like I said, the Shiwi was is uh that's I mean that's climbing to a different level. What's your favorite disinfectant are you using the the alcohol spray wipes what are you using so well not on cars by the way we, no, we no. did talk, uh, talk you're talking about, you're talking about like the stuff we're spritzing our hands with and stuff like yeah, that yeah if you let's say you do come across a uh scary situation plastic, plastic gloves okay yeah I got, I got food service gloves and i got the uh the 
I think we call them condom gloves. These rubber the, the latex. Black. No, we got the black ones, which are very functional. But then, for whatever reason, the black gloves got in short supply. So our, our guy brought us these white latex gloves, and I call them the condom gloves because okay. they have this thick, sure. weird texture, almost like the electric service gloves, like you anti-shock gloves. Okay, they're weird. <laughs> are they covered with cornstarch and stuff in the inside? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I've, I don't wear them as, as a rule. I mean, I'll, I'll wear the food service gloves, but uh, anyway, that works. It's it's so different. It's the new normal, Daryl. Right, right. I just like I like the pictures of people that are wearing gloves and then like take them off to sneeze and wipe their stuff and yeah, yeah. It's like, dude. Well, that's you know we had a complaint the other day, and we and I, I'm not going to get into my my second thing in the rift zone, but uh, we had a customer give us a bad survey the other day because one of my technicians parked the car, and you could see it from the waiting room. He wasn't wearing a mask as he parked the car. Well, the rule in the shop is the guys need to be if they need to be masked at their front of the house. Front of the house means if you're customer facing. Okay. So technicians like are food service. Yeah, customer, you know, and, and the technicians aren't customer facing. It's a hard job. It's been it got hot last week. You can't have them wearing masks out there in the shop. They're 6 feet apart. Uh they're in areas that aren't, you know, in in people's business. And, yeah, if you're changing oil, you don't and Like I said, I've covered up everything in the car, so sure. that's all I can do and uh so for her to be mad about that. I, I talked to the owner. I said, "What do you want to do?" He goes, "You know what? You're not going to please everybody right now." Some of the manufacturers have, have halted surveys. And I wish our manufacturer would halt them right now because you can't win with everybody right now. Right. We got people coming and don't believe it. We got customers coming and think it's the end of the world. How do you please both sides of that coin? You got to go right down the middle. Yeah. So be best. Now I had a lady almost kill me at Lowe's because I walked into the outside like the they they did oh, like the no, one way. Didn't. No, you did. Yeah, they did the. You only enter here and exit here. And I, I walked into the wrong door and she's like, I can't believe it. She just went off. <laughs> and I just kept walking because I'm like, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I can't, I'm stupid. I'm so sorry, ma'am. And my friend who was with me just dressed her down. Uh, Did he? Yeah, it was, it got ugly. I just kept walking and yeah. he's like, sorry, man. I've been cooped up in my house for like two weeks. I've gotten, so this is unscripted territory, folks. Once again, we find ourselves meandering off the That's street. Right. Um, right. scenic route. I've gotten into two, Maybe slightly heated arguments and uh, with customers, and and I think it's because wearing the mask, uh, we can only look each other in the eyes. The masks look a little bit menacing. They do because I have a black mask I wear during the day at work. It's it's a nice mask and it's washable, it's reusable, as opposed to these blue things. You know that they breathe nicer, they're lighter, but they just I don't I don't know. I, I like my permanent one, but if I'm wearing that and I'm talking to a customer and the customer gets a little loud, we got to yell at each other. He's wearing a mask, I'm wearing a mask. Something's not right. This has happened twice now where we got to a point where it was almost like we were shouting at each other. Mm. And I'm like, if you could even see my face, or you could see my mouth, you'd know. You, you could judge a person. Sure. But sure. just two eyeballs looking at you and squinting or, you it's know. It's very and, primal. And it, yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely, definitely changed the dynamic and it, it's made just having relationships with people a lot different. Sure. There's, I think there's a, I think there's a trust thing. You know, if you can't see somebody's whole face, how do you trust them? Mm-hmm. You know, as human beings, I think we have a quick, you know, just just like that, you have a snap reaction. You look at somebody, and you know if this is somebody you can deal with. And if right, you, yeah, right. I think even if you had a stupid mask that had like a, you know, like teeth or something on or something stupid, you <laughs> might be threatening to somebody, and they might just like, I can't work with this person, or I can't talk to this person. So it is. It, it's very. It's, it is a very instinctual. What do you call it? Instinctive, instinctual response. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but, and I've seen people talking about doing 
uh, clear masks so you can see people's mouths and stuff oh, like that. Nice. Kind of, it'd be all steamed up. It'd be steamy. You'd see like, it would look like a rainforest in yeah. mine. It's gross. Speaking of masks, by the way, our uh, friend of the show, Dean Plumador, yeah. I saw on Facebook, got a, a 3D printer. Yes. And he and his son are working on printing some PPE. Oh, I think I saw Did something you see that. that. Were they doing the uh, the thing that enhanced the uh, the back straps or something like that? I believe so. I've seen this. We have a 3D printer here in the studio. Uh, the newly renovated studio. By the way, yeah. Oh, uh, we, we shout can, out. Yeah. I, I was going to do that in the beginning of the show, and I didn't. Uh, for folks, uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take the praise for right now for this minute. We'll take the distraction. I will say this is this is the original Throw and Wrenches studio here. Uh, I don't remember what is it A or B. Oh, we'll or, call it A. Okay, yeah. Studio A. Uh, a nice little slice of Eric's basement, and it's always been a very nice, inviting space, very utilitarian. Until <laughs> I'm trying like to that Mercedes that Yui drove, right? You know, it's kind of it. It, it fit all Think kinds. You be stuff. comfortable trapped down here. But this this is really nice because we're tucked in the corner. We have a line of sight out to the backyard, and it's gorgeous. But inside, we now have beautiful wood paneling going up half the wall. Nice wood trim and a beautiful. Is that like a sage or a gray? What what what's the wall uh, color here? I oh, it had a really great name. I think it was called Hemingway Green or something like that. I could see that. Yeah. It, it definitely is fitting of like a study yeah. a library. Yeah. yeah. I think the Hemingway sold me. I'm all about Hemingway. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. So did a fantastic job renovating this. It's now insulated, so in the wintertime. Yeah, we should be warmer. should be nice. And I can invite people over. I don't feel bad. So if Gabe Casey wants to come over to a show at my place, even though he wants to mock my paneling, I don't care. You know, he's one of those millennials or whatever he is, and uh, he'd get over it. It just call it shiplap, and maybe yeah. It'll if I would turn them sideways, it would have been hipper. But right. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> we just need to paint over it. No yeah. wood paneling's where it's at. I love it. It's beautiful. It's nice. a basement. It's a rec room. I would even smoke cigars here if I smoked cigars. Yeah, my wife wouldn't let you. So don't worry about All that. Right. So we, we could out. open the back door and sit out there and smoke them. All right, that works. That All works. Right. All right. Thanks for the shout out. That took me off my uh, my climb down of getting in people's faces with my mask and getting. Don't 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 punch anybody, Eric. All right. So last episode, because Daryl and I had both bought cars, we skipped cars of the week. <laughs> yeah. But this week we didn't buy anything, did we, Daryl? Mm, no. Okay. No. You sure? Almost. All Almost. Right. <laughs> I got told I could if I sold something else. All right. So uh, keeping with the theme of the show and talking about rental cars as we did earlier, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, my virtual money, my virtual coin, my Bitcoin money that I could have bought when it was really low, but I didn't. But if I had it, I'd spend it on a car like this. And I looked at Hertz Rent-A-Cars website. So Hertz, if you Google it and say Hertz uh, use cars, right there, boom, they have a website. And I went to Toyotas. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find a cool Toyota that hurts rent a car. And I'm going to look up and see if I could buy one of those virtually. And guess what? There are no cool Toyotas on Hertz's website. There's no uh, 86s. There's no uh, no manual no transmission Corollas. There's no Corolla wagons. It's just garbage. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so what was the next best thing I did? I uh, just watched a video from Donut Media here a while back, and they were talking about dollars per horsepower. And the best dollar per horsepower was the Chevy Camaro. And I thought, why not look at a Chevy Camaro convertible? Because, I mean, if, if when I fly into Vegas or I fly into Texas, there's always a Camaro convertible sitting there at the rental car lane, right? And you're always mm-hmm. like, man, I wish we would have paid that extra $20 per day. I could have had that car. But I never do. Anyway, <laughs> right now, in the Chicago area, if you go to a Hertz Rent-A-Car, you can buy a 2019 Chevy Camaro in the 1LT package in black with 31,000 miles for $21,100. And better than that, there was, uh, I don't know why I didn't take a picture of this, but there was another one that was very similar to this car without the 1LT package for nineteen five. That's a lot of car for a, a car that's literally one year old 
with 30,000 miles on it. And a drop top. Yeah, and a drop, yeah, not even to mention the drop top. So then part of me was like, well, now wait a second. Is that a good deal? Cause I don't know. So I went to Auto Trader and I did the same criteria. I looked up 2019 Camaro convertibles and sure enough, there's one sitting over here at Ray Dennison Chevrolet in North Pekin, not North Pekin, but in Pekin, Illinois, about the same mileage. I'm looking at the ad, but it's so small and I don't have my readers on. Uh, but I believe the mileage is a little bit less, but it's $24,600. And it's in silver. I gotta be, I mean, I always say I gotta be honest. I mean, that Hertz deal looks pretty solid. Now it's not like a, a blowout knockdown deal where I'm like, oh my God, I gotta buy this Hertz deal because they're giving cars away. Yeah. yeah. But $3,000 is $3,000, right? It's, it's uh, enough to put plates and insure it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so. it's black, jet black too. That I would, I would have thought those would still be mid twenties cars. I don't know what they sticker for new. Yeah, I don't either. But it's a, conver- a convertible size. You'd think that's a thirty thousand dollar car, right? Easily. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, then I got away from that nonsense because there's no way in the world you're ever going to see a Camaro in this driveway. And I thought, <laughs> hey, I was looking at Porsche Boxers the other day for no reason whatsoever. And guess what, Daryl? I found a 1997 Porsche Boxster. In Springfield, Illinois, with a manual transmission with 130,000 miles on it, it's got new struts, it's got new brakes, it's got tape across the back vinyl glass, <laughs> but it's $4,200. And I'm telling you what, I'm not even a Porsche guy, but that would be better than buying a 944 all day long. I'll take a Boxster and have a modern car that I could maybe put it, you know, uh, some modern wheels and modern tires and just have a little bit of fun with that thing. Sure. Yeah. A little mid-engine autocross freak. I think that might be the ticket. Forty-two fifty. That seems cheap because I I think that these have always been kind of the entry level. Like I'm going to get a Porsche someday. Yeah. Uh, and used these were these were hot for a, a few years, and it looks like they lulled a little bit, and they're kind of coming back. Yeah, and I think that the th- they they do range all over the place based on the color, and I think based on the drive line. This one does have a lot of miles. So a lot of these cars really do sit with low miles when you see them on the used market. You know, thirty, forty thousand miles because guys didn't drive them, so they command decent money twelve or fifteen thousand dollars if they're in super nice shape. Yeah. But there are a lot of them that have been driven. Which, hey, God bless you. You bought a Porsche Boxster. You bought a driving car. You know, why not put one hundred thirty thousand miles in that car? And there's two schools of thought too. There's some that see something like that. Oh, one hundred thirty thousand miles. It's cheap. I'm going to run away. The other school of thought is if it has one hundred thirty thousand, it's had likely had some maintenance done to it because after a certain amount of miles, oh, you, yeah. you're going to need a start. You have to imagine the clutch has been changed, right? Right. So you have some of that stuff that you won't have to worry about. You're just going to have to worry about the cosmetic crap that a 130,000-mile car will have. Like, that back window's hideous and <laughs> needs to be replaced. <laughs> so when you do buy it, Eric, uh, that's the first thing you need to yeah. do. And I can autocross it. And you can autocross it. I can, maybe, I could get, you know, and I could probably get my wife excited about this one, unlike Red Mist. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'd, then I'd be into Porsches, and I don't know that I could handle being into the Porsche hobby. So Just lie and tell everyone you're a dentist. I don't know. <laughs> a bad dentist based on the car. <laughs> oh, you dentist. Did you get sued by your last client? Because that doesn't look like you're serious about your occupation. I got a spare window. I'll give it to you. It looks like you need one. Yeah. I, hey, you need a crown? I need a, I need a roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you have some extra rims and possibly some Pirelli tires? Yeah. Anyway, so that's my car of the week. I'm sorry, it's a little long-winded, but uh, no, I, love it. It, I was keeping with the theme. Daryl, I see a grill in this picture, Yeah, but it's a charcoal grill. It what is, is going on it here? It's not the grill of the car. Uh, the, the grill probably comes with it. Maybe okay. I could oh, negotiate that. That's awesome. I don't know. This is a uh, 1993 Saab 900S sedan. That's my pick for the car of the week. 
and why a Saab sedan? Well, because when I was a little kid, my grandparents brought home a brand new 87 Saab 900 sedan, just kind of like this. It was, it was navy blue, not red. This is cherry red. It's a beautiful car. Uh, everyone likes the Saab SPGs or the 900 turbo, uh, hatchbacks or even the convertibles. They made a, a kind of a sexy little convertible. Um, and I actually looked kind, at one of those. Kind of is a keyword. <laughs> I think they're cute. I think they're cute because they look like cute even and sexier are, are in different leagues, Daryl. Uh, I, well, here's the other reason I like it. I also, besides my grandparents and my aunt and uncle had one too, there was a girl that I went to uh, junior high with. Always a girl. It's always about a girl. Yeah. And, uh, she was in band with me. Yes, I was a band nerd. And I would get dropped off in the morning early for yeah. band. Band practice. And it was like seven in the morning. <laughs> and I would sit there and it would always be like misty because our, our grade school was in like kind of this misty little area near a town called Old Mill Creek. And, uh, this, this girl's family, they live in like a horse farm. They had tons of money. Yeah. I don't know what her dad did. He drove sobs. He drove a sob and he would drop her off to school every morning. And I'd see this thing roll up and it had like the fog lights and the cool rims and like the little sunroof deflector on the top. Yeah. And I just, she was beautiful and yeah. I had a crush on her, but I like her car and the, the she had like the Harris tweed sport <laughs> yeah. coat and oh, stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude is a pimp. This yeah. guy is so cool. Um, <laughs> He probably was really like a CPA or something. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. He probably been to Europe like once, and he, you know he's, right. he's trying to carry this air with him everywhere. Right, like, exactly. I'm so, I'm so international. He's, he ran a Ponzi scheme, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably in jail. A little made off. Yeah, but he. I just thought that was a cool car, and I'm like, someday I want to be like suave, like this dude, and have like money. Anyways, um, so this car, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> it's an it's an eight hundred dollar. Uh, five-speed 16-valve 900S, which was the, uh, you know, the 16-valve motor. Um, it's a cool little car. It needs some work. It says it needs an ignition switch and some TLC. I don't know what that means, but probably it needs everything. But it looks pretty cherry. That look bad. For red, you'd think that red would be so oxidized, it'd be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I still think they were spraying them with lacquer back in the day, so maybe that's why it's held up. Maybe it's enamel. I don't know. But guts. Uh, it's down in St. Louis, so it's close. And I'm like, 800 bucks. The nice thing about these. <laughs> your, wife, your wife would she's, flip She's going to kill me. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you can buy it if that's your daily driver and you sell everything else. I'm like, no, but I don't want to. <laughs> i got a garage somewhere else I can put this. <laughs> she's like, no, you're not going to buy it. But anyways, these have the ignition switch in the console in the center of the car. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. And people are like, why is that? That's weird. That's one of those weird Swedish quirks. And it was because when you get in a crash... Your key stuck in the ignition would get, usually gouge your knee or your kneecap or something. It, would, it became an ob- obstruction in a okay. crash. So, like, well, we don't need that there. Put that in the center. Okay. Whatever. So, you what could, that means? You could put it anywhere. You okay. could, yeah, you could do it. Push button, you know, back, you know, just retrofit it. But this, uh, it needs some work. The other thing with these two that are cool because it's a five-speed. I believe this is the easiest clutch replacement in history. You don't have to separate the motor and the trans. Really? Yeah, it like drops in like a frisbee or something. Now it's weird. That is awesome. I don't know. It's if you look now, on Google. Now this is a rear engine car, right? It's a front. Oh, this is front. It's okay. front and it's front wheel drive, but the motor sits in there like a rear wheel drive car because it's Swedish and it's weird. Okay, so, all right, totally weird. So then, oh, it's so weird because I was trying to uh, in my. Because I don't know a whole lot about sobs, other than we used to make fun of them, and call them sob stories when customers try and trade them. But uh, oh god, here comes a sob story. But I was expecting that they have this weird little angular trunk, so I'm thinking, all right, well, that's where they shove that little four cylinder, mm-hmm. and then you probably have this gaping 
space in the front of the car, but this one looked really long on the hood, so I, I thought that was a little suspicious. Yeah, and the sedan, I like the four-door sedan lines because it's just pure. It looks like a jelly bean. The mm-hmm. windshield wraps around it. Basically, it traces this lineage back to the Saab 99, and that came out in 68. So 68, and this is 93, which is the last year for the 900 in okay. that classic style. After that, they look more like a you know nine three or the newer ones. Yeah, and this uh, this reminds me of all like the mid nineties Mercedes Benz wheels, those uh, mm-hmm. giant thick alloys with like the the twenty spokes on them. Yeah, yeah, they look nice with BBSs or uh, you can swap some other. They weigh rims like on three tons. Yeah, it's it's a lot of rolling rolling <laughs> stock. So we'll see. I don't know. Probably won't buy it, but someday, mark my words, Eric, someday, yeah, I will have a Saab nine hundred. Ah, man. How's Super Tahoe doing? Uh, currently sitting right now. Uh, it's, I've, I've moved it. See the way I did that, Sarah? Yeah. She, yeah, she's gonna love that. Um, <laughs> currently, currently searching for transmissions. So. Oh, no. Okay. I might try my hand at rebuilding the one that's in there. Oh, that'd be great. Make sure you do some videos. I'll live stream it. Yeah, please. Cause I'll get about 20 minutes in and, and I'll give up and shovel all the pieces into a wheelbarrow. Yeah, on Facebook. Uh, Central No Automotive. Hey, anybody ever seen this? <laughs> What's this mean? <laughs> should this be black or should it be red? <laughs> uh, well, it's trans fluid. It should be red. <laughs> no, I've seen a couple pop up for sale, but and that's another one of those, like, do you want to buy a used transmission? And it's like, yeah, it worked when I took it out. Only if you're going to retail and hawk the thing. That's, that's my general philosophy. You buy a used part or an aftermarket part when you're getting ready to release the vehicle to the wild. I like how you term that. You, you, you <laughs> dub that release the vehicle to the wild. Yeah, yeah. Not pawning it off, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, had a new transmission in it. I didn't say how new because I can't really vouch for it. Ran when I had it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, you've come to the end of another episode of Throwing Wrenches podcast, and uh, we've had a great time. We hope you have too. Please remember to visit our sponsors. Who are they, Daryl? Could you refresh the memories well, of our listeners? First and foremost, we have the Casey Law Office. You can check him out at clopeoria.com. You can also uh, like him, follow him on Facebook. He is all over the social media presence and uh, ready to handle whatever legal needs you might have. Yeah, and whatever new occupations he's into, we're definitely going to be supporting that as well. And also to Fort's Toyota of Pekin. They're available on the web. Check them out at toyota-pekin.com. You can also see them off of uh, 29 there on Radio City Drive in beautiful North Pekin, Illinois. Sales, service, new, used, whatever you need, they got it for you. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, visit the sponsors. Make sure you check out our Patreon page for extras. And uh, give us a review. We appreciate it. Till next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. Later.